0: Amen. So uh, we're continuing in our sermon series. We did Matthew, Mark, Luke, and today we're going over John. So John is a very popular gospel. It's a a gospel that a lot of people tend to go straight to. And the thing that's interesting about John is that it's a book. John, does anybody know who wrote it, first of all? I, I already said it, but it's John. So John wrote the gospel of John and John is very focused on those who already have faith. Okay, so I thought it was awesome that Catherine went over faith and how we have to have faith of a mustard seed. Now it says in the gospel that the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains and many of us either have the faith of a mustard seed or even more faith. And I want you guys to know that if you already have that much faith, then God could do wonderful things in your life. But you have to have that faith. When we were doing breakout groups, TJ was just asking the youth, left and right, and the male specifically, what can you do this week to show that you have faith? What can you do? And I want you guys to ask yourself as we turn to John 1, 1 through 5. And uh, John starts off uh, with the gospel talking about the nature of Christ. And if you need more information about the nature of Christ, you can go to Chase because I taught it to him already. I'm not going to talk about it myself, the hypostatic union. So if you just ask him, hey Chase, what's the hypostatic union? He's going to tell you what it is. So John 1 verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. And then if you continue to verse 13, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of the truth. Jesus came with a mission. Somebody say mission. Does anybody know what that mission is? Okay, well, we're going to learn what that mission is, okay? Jesus came with a mission. He was with God already, okay? So we need to already know that Jesus is God. Jesus is man. uh, His nature is very important in the aspect of what his mission was. When he became man, when he became flesh, he didn't all of a sudden stop becoming God. He was still God. But he he took on the flesh of man, and flesh itself is it, the, the the consequences and the things that come with the flesh, the desires of sin. That's what Jesus had. He had the desire of sin. But we know that he was holy and blameless, that like he never sinned. He was made perfect, and that and for that we can also be made perfect, that we can move perfectly, that we can live without sin. It says in John 4, 34, that my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. So Jesus already had a mission when he became flesh. It was all a part of the mission. It wasn't that he just came down as a deity, as as God, and just was going to fix it with the snap of his fingers. He already had a mission. And for, for the mission, he had to take on flesh. John 3.16, okay, Uh, we're going to read verses 16 through 18, but I want everybody to say John 3.16 specifically, and if you know the rest of it, go ahead and start saying it, okay, on the count of three, okay, one, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already. Because they have not believed in the name of God, one and only son. So if you do not believe in his name, you stand condemned. But if you believe in him, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus... You do not stand condemned, but you get to partake in eternal life. Who wants to partake in eternal life? Because I know I do. And if you don't, then I'll pray for you. Because you can have faith in other things. I'm telling you, you could have faith. But that faith gets you nowhere unless it's Christ, unless it's Jesus. I had faith in a lot of things. I had faith in myself. And let me tell you, faith in myself took me nowhere it took me into depression it took me to sin it took me into the mindset of having, having suicidal thoughts I wanted to kill myself especially with my father not being around I would I, uh, the devil would speak into my life no one is there for you no one is there for you so why live a life of depression why live a life of your dad not being around why live a life of a broken family just take your life That's what I would hear in my head. Just take your life. And that's what my brothers would hear as well. Because we were all depressed. But when I gave my life to Christ, I had so much joy. It was only through him that I was able to live life, that I felt happiness. I felt joy. I felt healing. And here's the thing. We need to believe in Christ, especially when people ask us. And we cannot doubt. We need to have that faith. In John 20, verses 24 through 29. If you know this story, doubting Thomas. And if you don't know this story, it's very powerful. Several times when I read this and even heard this, I wanted to cry. John 20, 24 through 29. It says, now Thomas, one of the 12, meaning the disciples was with the disciples when Jesus came so the other disciples told him we have seen the lord but he said to them unless i see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side i will not believe i will not believe a week later his disciple his disciples We're in the house again. And Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Do you believe even though you do not see? It's very hard for many people. It was hard for me. And at times, my flesh wants to take over and say, God, I don't know how it's going to be done. And my wife could say, I've had many moments where I felt stressed and be like, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to do that. And she'd be like, don't worry, leave it to God. And guess what? Uh, I would still get worried. (laughs) Sadly, sadly, I would have to literally throughout the day, I'd have to (laughs) repent and say, God, God, I repent. I know it's hard for my flesh to say, uh, what are we going to do? Where's the money going to come in? How are we going to pay the bills or whatever it is? And I would just tell myself and God would tell me, Do not worry. Let me take care of it. Let me take care of it. But you have to believe and have enough faith for me to do it. It's very hard for many of us to have that faith and to let God take over if we can't see. And it's very sad to see and hear that. Cause we have so much faith in so many other things. So a thing that we have so much faith in is a light switch. Going into the room, turning on the light switch, we don't even think twice. We just say, "Hey, I turn on the light switch. It's gonna turn on the lights in my room without a doubt." I don't even have. I have enough faith to know that that will happen. But God, some of us doubt so much. God, I don't know how it's possible. God, I'm still. I'm still depressed. God, are you gonna give me joy? God, are you going to take me away from this addiction of smoking? God, where does this faith come from? But blessed is the one who has faith without seeing. Again, I'm going to put, let's put ourselves in a different scenario. In school or wherever we were, when people ask us about Jesus, if we're Christian, where is our heart? Our our. Are we going to deny Christ? That's what I would do, especially when I was in middle school and high school because I wanted to hang out with people. I wanted to fit in. So when people asked me about my faith, I'd almost act like I had no faith because I wanted to fit in. And Jesus asked Peter a question three times. Three times. Does anybody know what that question is? And this broke Peter when uh, Jesus asked Peter this question three times. Does anybody know that question? Who said it? I, th- I thought I heard someone say it. What did you say? No, you're close though. Yes, Jesus asked Peter three times, "Do you love me?" Does anybody know why he asked them three times? What was What was that? You're close. You're close. You're, close. you're in the right direction. Does anybody know? Libni, what, what did you say? Yes. Peter denied Jesus three times. He told him that three times you'll deny me before the rooster crows. Several times people are asking, is this the man that's following Jesus? He'd be like, no, that's not me. Again, somebody else would ask them, are you sure this is not the man that follows Jesus? No, no, that's not me. And that's how a lot of us are, especially when we're put into scenarios with people who aren't saved. Because we want to fit in. We want to be in the cool kids crowd. Hey, do you believe in Jesus? Nah, no, nah, no, I don't. But then you come here on Friday saying that you believe in Jesus. It says in John 15, 1 through 8. Oh, no, wait, that's not the right verse. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, never mind. I didn't write that down. But he asks him three times, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, yes. Of course I do. Why are you asking me? He tells him again, Peter, do you love me? well, yes, Lord, I do, and he asked him a third time, do you love me, and that's where it hurt Peter the most, do you love me, Peter, and he's probably thinking to himself about what happened, how he denied him three times, man, I denied him three times, and he told him, yes, Lord, I love you, and I will do many things for you, and then he said, then go and feed my sheep, that's what he told Peter, So we could either be for God, we could either be for Jesus, or we could be against him. But it says in John, now we're going to turn to John 15, 1 through 8. This is what it says. I am the true vine, this is what Jesus is speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He who cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. And who? Who's me though? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Also, I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you... Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, and you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. He came with the mission for the ungodly. He came for the mission to save the sinners that did not deserve saving. We did not deserve his glory. We did not deserve his his love, but he gave us so much. You don't have to turn here. It says in Romans 5, 6 through 8, You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You need to really think about where your faith is. Is it firm in Christ? Are you easily going to give it up? Are you going to actively pursue it? It says in Matthew, in closing, if I could have um, Daryl to the keys, please. If you could turn to Matthew. Matthew. 13, verses 1 and onwards. Specifically, we're going to go to verse 3 in Matthew 13. and This is what it says. Though he told him many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no roots. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell in good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred. 60 or 30 times what was sown whoever hears ears let them hear the disciples came to him and asked why do you speak to the people in the parables he replied because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heavens have been given to you and what he's trying to represent here of the seeds being planted in different places is our faith there are many people where seed, they have a seed, it springs up, but then quickly, they quickly die off. They quickly give it up. And I want you to ask yourself, is that your faith? Do you come here once a week or every other week thinking that just hearing one message every other week or whatever it is, is going to give you enough life without having faith in Christ? Show me. Show me what else can save your life. What else can give you eternal life but Christ? Show me. Show me. There's nothing else. Not Mormonism. Buddha can't save you. Allah can't save you. You can't even save yourself. You won't even die for another person. A lot of people will say, oh, I'm willing to die for my homie. No, dude, chances are you're not willing to die for your homie. But Christ was willing to die for someone ungodly, unrighteous. God died for the murderer. God died for the sexual immoral, the sexual immoral. God died for the thief. Are you willing to die for a thief? Many of you are not willing to die for a thief. In closing, if I could have everybody stand up, please. We're going to get ready for just a little breakout session and we're going to talk about our faith and see where we are. Are we quick to deny Christ? Are we quick to let go of our faith? I want you to stand firm in your belief. If you truly say that you are Christian, if you truly say that you are a follower of Christ, Then do the works of Christ. Show that you are Christian. Show me with your faith. How much faith do you have? I have faith that one day I do not need these glasses no more. That I don't need surgery to be able to have 2020 2020 vision. I have faith do you have enough faith that God can do wondrous things in your life that God can move mountains in your life do you believe for those who do not have a saved family that God can save your family I don't have an entirely saved family my brothers aren't saved my mom's not saved, and my dad's not saved but I believe that God can save them do you believe that God could do that for you Do you believe when you have to go home tonight, you don't have to cry anymore? Do you believe that God will give you the desires of your heart? I've seen this week in a specific, specific person, I'm not going to name them by name. about a a moment where they didn't have faith no more that God can work or can give them the desires of their heart. And I kept saying to that person, don't give up. Don't stop having faith because I know God can do it for you. I have enough faith that God can do it for you. So you continue to have faith. If you lack that area of faith, if you lack in that area of denying Christ so quick towards other people, at this, at this moment, I, re- I want you guys to be serious with yourself and tell yourself, are you here to run your race? Because if you do not wanna run your race, if you wanna give up, I'm gonna continue to run my race. Let me tell you, I want to partake the eternal life of Christ. I want to live in victory. Do you want to live in victory? Okay, then I want to see you come in every Friday living in victory. Living with joy. Living with faith. So actually, can I have two altar workers? If you, if you have the desire for someone to be praying for you specifically... We're gonna have two altar workers here. Otherwise, on my right, we're gonna have the men. On my life, on my left, we're gonna have the women. And we're just gonna talk a little bit about what we spoke today. But right now, I'm gonna pray. Pray us into it, and then I'll pray us at the end as a sign of dismissal. So for the woman, if you want Cielo to pray for you specifically and personally, she will be up here. And for the men, we have Joby mighty man of God that will pray for you. Otherwise, if I could have everybody, all my guys to the right and all my women to the left. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, God, for Jesus Christ, who is just so good, God, who gave up so much for us, God, that did not deserve so, uh, what we deserved, God. What we deserved was your wrath, God, we did not deserve your mercy, Lord, but I thank you, Jesus, God, for coming, God, taking on flesh, God, and dying on the cross for our sins, God. And I pray, God, that we continue to remain in faith, God, and that we just don't give it up, God. I pray that we continue to have a faith, God, that's as small as a mustard seed and even bigger than that, God. I pray that we have bigger faith in that, God, and that we can move even more things, Lord. I thank you, God, for this time. God, I pray that you bless this time of breakout screw. this in your mighty name, I pray.